11 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our tech conversations. And uh, uh, towards the end of last week, uh, uh, Terraco uh, Data Environments uh, announcing that it had concluded a uh, large fundraising round and uh, to date securing 2.5 billion rand from uh, uh, APSA and other lenders, uh, which will be used to build a new giant data center east of uh, Johannesburg. And the facility is called JB4 and will be the largest data center in Africa once it's built. Now, the company said uh, the funds will be used together with its uh, own retained earnings to uh, finance the building of the facility. And to tell us a bit more about this, I'm joined by the CEO at Terraco Data Environments, and that's Jean Nisdo. Jean, good evening to you and welcome. Thanks. Good evening, Ayabonga. Good evening to your listeners, and thanks for having me. Yeah. Jan, how do I say your surname? And I'm certain I butchered it there. It's, it's a bit unpronounceable. You ignore the H. It's uh, Jan Nisdo. Nisdo. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I guess a good starting point in our conversation before we get to discussing how the funding round went and, you know, I guess, you know, the, the attraction for many an investor in this particular space. Talk to us about what a data center is. What does it do? Um, and, and who potentially would be some of your clients who would make use of a data center? Sure, no problem. So, so maybe to think about data centers, you can think about it in two different ways. So Firstly, the infrastructure that we provide. So we, we're part of the telecommunications critical infrastructure. Um, and essentially, you know, data centers where clients deploy their critical servers. Um, and, you know, we offer essentially space power and cooling. So we offer large data center facilities that are secure. And then we provide an SLA um, around power and cooling more specifically. So, so the one thing we ensure is that, you know, the data centers always have power all the time. So we provide a 99.999% SLA. And, and we do that because we have backups to the backups. So, you know, we use Eskom. And to the extent Eskom fails, we have, you know, a power plant. And if that power plant fails, we have a backup power plant. So we essentially ensure that, you know, critical infrastructure is up all the time. And then we have to cool the facilities as well. So it's one thing providing power to it, but, um, you know, the halls are full of servers. And if you, if you turn the, the cooling systems off, you know, those data halls would go to, you know, 40, 50, 60 degrees very quickly. So it's essential that you remove all the heat from the halls. So that in a physical sense is, is what a data center does. But what we offer to, to our clients is, uh, and the kind of customers that we have is we're an open access platform. So, you know, we have an ecosystem of about 600 companies. It, it may seem not like a lot, but they're all critical players in, in, in everything that you and your users do every day. So we have about 250 telcos that co-locate their telco nodes in Terraco. And that's not only South African telcos, because you'll start to know what, mm. 250 telcos in South Africa, but it's also telcos, you know, as far as field as sub-Saharan Africa will all have their nodes in Terraco. Uh, and, and the reason why they have that is because we have a large amount of content providers. And, and a content provider is, is someone that's providing content to the end users. So it could be content that goes to enterprises, um, like cloud platforms, or it could be a social media platforms, you know, Netflix, Google, um, you know, consuming YouTube. All that content um, you know, lands up residing in a, in a data center facility. And we mm. provide quite an attractive platform because you have all these telcos. A content provider only really has to deploy once and then is able to hit sure. all these telcos in, in, in one go. 
And then we also have a large amount of enterprises. You know, for, for enterprises today, so that's businesses, be it banks, financial services, um, you know, all sorts of enterprises. For them to run their own data center facilities today is quite an expensive task because, you know, you, you want to ensure that you're up all the time. If your data center's down, you're essentially not able to operate. You're not able to sell interface databases and, and, and whatever else. So a lot of enterprises opt to pretty much outsource their facilities. Um, and, you know, the lands are becoming cheaper just by virtue of that we're able to run the facilities more economically, uh, you know, more efficiently and, and just through economies of scale. Plus, we've invested a lot in ensuring that the facilities remain up. And, you know, for each enterprise to do that on their own obviously becomes quite a awesome mm. costly exercise. So, so the trend worldwide is for companies to migrate to, to outsource data center facilities. Sure. Okay. Now, now, Jan, I mean, I guess the, the other sort of part to my question is, the locational advantages of, of having the, this in Joburg or the broader Joburg city region, because we also know uh, that uh, I guess the few have sprung up around sort of the airport there in Kempton Park as well. Uh, talk to me about some of the thinking there and uh, I guess, you know, why you would invest in capacity now. Well, what by way, I guess, of future demand for this service are you anticipating? So, so actually, it's a fantastic South African story. I mean, there's some really, you know, difficult times at the moment. It's just the data center story in general is a really feel-good South African story that all of us can be quite proud about. And um, and just for a whole lot of reasons, you know, South Africa is becoming a base for for the large global content providers, um, you know, companies, and this is public knowledge, so it's companies like Microsoft, Amazon, um, uh, Huawei, they've all announced that they're deploying their cloud platform in Africa. Um, and... And the good news is a lot of them are deploying their cloud platforms in South Africa. And, and there's probably, you know, four big reasons for that. Um, and, you know, the one is we have great infrastructure as South Africa. So we've got the ability to build fantastic road infrastructure, skyscrapers. We have a great regulatory and legal environment. You know, we all bitch and moan about ESCOM. And, I mean, obviously, we're all living through load shedding right now as we speak, right? Um, and, you know, that's... That's just not acceptable, and, and that needs to improve. And if, but, but if you compare it to the rest of Africa, um, you know, you can compare it by way of uptime. So, you know, ESCOM, on average across our site for the last six months, we've probably been averaging around about 97% uptime, so that's power from the grid. Obviously, our generators kick in, and, and, and we provide our customers power all the time. But from the grid, we get in the region of about 97% uptime, which is which is not a good stat when you compare it to the UK, you know, in, in Europe. There, you're sitting at around about 99.9% uptime. But then if you compare that to, you know, Nigeria and Kenya, where the grid is, is, is quite poor, to be frank. You know, in Nigeria, your uptime is around 80%. You're mostly running on generators. And in Kenya, it's about 93%. Suddenly, we become you know, relative to these other African countries, we actually become quite an attractive destination. And then the last point is just our location. So because we're on the tip of Africa, um, you know, a lot of cloud providers, you know, the thought process about five years ago would have been, you know, you have all these data centers in, in Europe mm. and, you know, those data centers can serve Africa's needs. But the latency to Europe and back is about 180 milliseconds. So that's fast. It's the speed of light that's going across the fiber optic cable. Um, but if you're downloading um, latency-sensitive applications, like let's say you want to 
you know, you want to process through the cloud and you want to store all your critical applications in the cloud. And now you're a bank or a retailer and you want to interface with a, with a cloud-based system. It's just not good enough. You start getting that lag effect. And, you know, you know probably like five or six years ago, if you were spoofing Netflix, you're trying to download something on YouTube and you, you ended up getting mm. that spinning circle of death. That's kind of, you know, the experience that one would get if all these applications land up sitting overseas. And that's why sure, all these, you sure. know, large cloud companies, they see South Africa as a big market, you know, with the 30th biggest economy. But if you take the broader region, um, you know, it, it becomes quite an attractive market for them mm. to want to serve it. And sure. then, yeah. Yeah, sorry, man. I just wanted to to uh, pause here slightly and to take a quick spot break. When we come back, uh, I'll allow you to to sort of complete that particular point, and uh, we'll talk about uh, what uh, I guess uh, what kind of uh, punch this uh, giant new data center is going to pack, and uh, also uh, the process, of course, of this fundraising round as well, and some of the experiences there. Twenty minutes it is after eight p.m. It's our tech conversations. We will take a brief break now. When we come back. We'll continue with Jan Nisdo, who's the CEO at Terraco Data Environment. Stay tuned. 22 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned into Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our tech conversations. And this evening, we are shining a spotlight on a giant new data center set to be built just east of Johannesburg. And this after Terraco Data Environment secured 2.5 billion rand in lending from APSA and other lenders. And uh, Jan, before we went to the break, you, I guess, were making the point um, about, uh, you know, the importance of data centers in the digital experiences of people in this part of the world. Um, and of course, uh, I guess, being at the center of some of the advances that we've seen, where we no longer see, I guess, that uh, rolling circle of death you're talking about. Correct. And uh, again, just, you know, latency and, and where we located, we're able to service you know, a large portion of the African market from South Africa. So, it's, you know, as I was saying, a great South African story. And, and Jan, I mean, when you talk about this particular center, um, and, and you, you've spoken about sort of what happens in Kenya, you know, the, the uptime in Nigeria as well. Uh, when you make this kind of investment, the certain sort of bets that you're making, about, uh, you know, the future demand for this particular service, talk, talk to us about that, I guess, uh, based on some of what you're seeing in the marketplace at the moment? So, uh, look, I, th I think there's, 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 there's two ways to, to potentially think about it. So, so the one is just data in general. Um, and, you know, Cisco's got these stats that every year more data is created than in the history of mankind before that year. And that's just, you know, more and more devices. So if you look at a car now, you know, a car starts having all these different sensors. It's all, uh, you know, processing various bits and pieces of data. That data needs to go somewhere to a central repository. It needs to get processed. Um, you know, just look at us today. Our, our phones have got, you know, expanded expanded capacity. We're wearing wearable techs, potentially, you know, uh, uh, you know, be it a Garmin or Apple Watch. That's got a huge amount of information. Kitchens, alarm systems, um, you know, video security all of that is just creating, you know, huge amounts of data, and, and and that all ends up going somewhere into the cloud. And the cloud happens not to be in the cloud somewhere, but it actually happens to be, you know, in a data center, the physical, you know, the physical manifestation of the cloud. And then also it's 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 it's, it's cloud services. So you know, all these big global tech companies are, are moving away from on-premise applications to to cloud-based applications. So uh, you know, AWS, Amazon services. Microsoft Azure, um, uh, you, you know, 
these applications are all based in the cloud somewhere. And that means that a, you know, a business or an enterprise no longer has to run its own servers. It's able to connect to it via fiber um, and, and access it from you know, data center facilities, I guess, such as ours. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, I guess the, the, the other element to, to a, a project like this is that it's a massive capital investment. Um, and, and I'm quite interested um, in the process that you underwent in your interactions with, I guess, you know, the syndicate that then emerged that uh, sort of has lent you now this 2.5 billion rand uh, to build this new data center. Talk us through that process, I guess, uh, for the benefit of many of the entrepreneurs uh, working in the tech space who listen to the show. Sure. So, um, look, we've, we've got, I guess, the benefits of a little bit of hindsight. So, so we've built, uh, you know, Terraco's been around for, for about 11 years. We started, you know, very small, humble beginnings. And, to, and today we operate, um, you know, data center facilities around the country. So we've got a facility in Durban. We've got a facility in Cape Town. We're also building a new facility in Cape Town. And we've got three existing facilities in Joburg, and, and we're in the process of building this new one, which is what we've raised the funds for. And, um, you know, the first one is trying to calibrate the demand, you know, seeing how much demand there is and capacity. And the way we build our data centers is the, the key components, I guess, is the structure and land and, and, and access to power. Um, and then, you know, those are quite expensive components. And then we build a large building, but we don't fit out the whole building. It just becomes, you know, it becomes too expensive. So, you know, a, a, a data center like the one we're building, by the time you take that to completion, it's probably going to be in the region of about 4 billion rand. Um, so, so what we do is we build the civil structure um, and then over time, as so that that particular facility is going to land up having um, sixteen data halls, and as we as we as we uh, as we fill out the data halls with with customers and clients, we'll then start fitting out more and more of the electrical components and the electrical plants. So we we try and stagger the investments as much as possible. Otherwise, we just land up putting in too much money, you know, up front. And then, you know, the question could be asked, well, why is it so expensive to build a facility, a facility like that? And that's because we've got, you know, as I said right in the beginning, we've got backups to the backups. So, so we have to essentially provide, you know, uninterrupted power. And, and the facilities are built in such a way that we actually land up running on Eskom because Eskom cheaper than running the diesel generators. So our primary, the data center is designed in such a basis that the primary plants are our own power plants. We happen to use Eskom because it's cheaper. But, um, you know, obviously if, if, if Eskom has downtime or there's load shedding, we land up running on our, on our power plants. And, mm-hmm. and I guess over the, you know, just how did we, you know, get access to the funds? I think, you know, we've got wonderful bankers. We've developed this relationship with them over the last 10 years. Um, and we've, you know, consistently shared our business models with them, you know, on an open basis, how we intend to grow. And, uh, you know, I, I, I guess over time, you know, the guys get more and more confident as you prove your success, as, as, as is normally the case. So, so, you know, that would be my advice to, uh, you know, starting entrepreneurs. Always play open cards with your financiers. Let them become mm-hmm. part of your business model. You know, the more you share with them, you know, the more they get to understand where the risks are, they can also help you out in the funding process. And, uh, you know, if they see a risk, they'll point it out to you and, and, you know, hopefully you bear that in mind, 
you know, when, you, yeah, when, when yeah. you're building out your business model. So, so you need to view, you know, bankers as key partner, partners because without sure. access to that capital, it becomes really difficult to, to do it, you know, those things on your yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. Jan, last question on my end, and I guess maybe from a more sort of a public policy perspective, um, you know, are there any, I guess, forms of support incentives that, you know, the, the sector in particular would get? I mean, if, if I think about some of the sort of large scale capital investments you guys are making in, into uh, in, into the regional and the national economy, one would think that there, there are at least some areas where, where you do get some form of public policy support. Yeah, look, look we, we, we get a lot of help from the DTI. Um, so when it comes to assisting us with, you know, regulations and 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 accessing the right forms of licensing and things like that, um, you know, these are big investments that we're making. So, so you know, we've had a wonderful interface to the DTI to assist us in that process. There's a small element of funding. It's, um, you know, not that great. You know, I guess the good news is that, uh, you know, we we pretty much become self-funded to now. So we're able to, you know, when we started off, we had developmental funds. So, you know, the Development Bank of, of DBSA, um, you know, provided us our first loan, which is another success story, right? You know, that's that's the whole reasoning behind, behind that bank is to start small mm. companies, assist them with their funding. So we've gone through sure. the whole curve of, you know, family and friends, then venture capital, um, you know, the Development Bank of South Africa funding, and then and now we, you know, now we mainstream and we're able to access funds from you know banks like APSA, which is a fantastic mm. story. You know, we've gone through that whole cycle. So um, again, you know, uh, another another good story, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Jean, we'll have to leave it there, but uh, real pleasure chatting you to you this evening, and uh, big thank you to you, of course, for taking time out to speak to us. Super, it's a pleasure. Thanks very much, and good evening to you and your viewers. Awesome stuff. Take care. Jean Nisdo there, the CEO at Terraco Data Environments, uh, I guess talking about, uh, as you can see, I mean, it's a very broad ecosystem, uh, certainly not just uh, the people who are at the party now. A lot of uh, early stage support they're coming through from uh, our public entities. And uh, I guess, uh, yeah, kudos to them. It's good uh, to hear entrepreneurs speak of them in those terms. 29 minutes it is uh, before 9 p.m. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. Uh, we uh, go to uh, Mangaung, where residents and uh, taxi drivers are protesting over incomplete roads in the area. We'll also uh, take a look at what's been happening at City Power and uh, some of the challenges they've had uh, in connecting informal settlements. And we'll also uh, take a look at a report put together by my colleague Ayandam Shongo, uh, who caught up with Mdumisen um, Ntulu, the provincial secretary of the ANC in Guazulu Natal.